0: audience exclusive Of the Relationship Circle podcast. I'm your host, Beck Thompson, and this podcast is all about showing you how to stop running in circles, ditch those dating games, and let your inner compass lead the way. Today, we're going to unpack a really juicy topic, and that is dating anxiety and, in particular, anxious attachment style. And we'll go into all of the attachment styles a bit later, but the one that I'm going to focus on today is anxious attachment style. And I wanted to start off with a little story about myself in this because you might resonate with it. And I don't know that a lot of people know this about me. So something that you might not know is that when I met my husband, I was, first of all, I was 17. So I was young and I was really anxiously attached. I didn't know this at the time at all. And I would say that he was avoidantly attached, which quite often is the match up that happens with couples. Again, not something that I was aware of at the time, but it looking back on the relationship. And now that I would say that I'm in a securely attached relationship, which by the way, did take a lot of work. It didn't just happen overnight. But now looking back on that relationship, I can see that I was anxiously attached and the anxiety was quite suffocating to the relationship. And to him in particular, particularly because of that avoidant attachment. So it looked like I would overanalyze a lot in my head. So I'd be in my head a lot. I would, if he was to go out, I'd be worried. I'd need this constant reassurance from him that he was okay. I was never worried about him cheating on me as such, but I was worried that he was going to be okay and that like physically he was going to be okay. And if not, my head went to like strange places. Oh my God, he's fallen off a cliff. Oh my God, he's got into a fight. Like it went to, you would know if you get anxious that it goes to the most strangest places that is often the extremes of what we think, but it caused a lot of conflict in the relationships because I needed a lot of reassurance. He needed a lot of freedom. And my need for the reassurance came across as though I lacked trust with him. And in relationships, in particular, having like a really strong masculine or feminine dynamic in a relationship, you need trust there. You need to be able to trust your partner and know that they're going to be one that they've got it, right? Because they're an adult and they know what they're doing in life. You're not there I wasn't his mother. I didn't need to know where he was all the time. But it caused this like it just caused conflict within us. And it was a emotional roller coaster because there was this need for me to come towards him and and needing conflict solved like almost immediately, I wanted to talk through everything that happened and how we could get through it. He wanted to run away. So you can see that it's just a not a great dynamic to be in. And it took a lot of work in like therapy and coaching and personal development to come to a place where we're both now securely attached. And so I just want to say in talking about this stuff that I've been there this is not something that I've just learned about. I've experienced it and I know what it's like to be on that side and I know what it's like to be on this side now. And it is a lot to calmer being in a place now where I don't feel that anxiety all the time. And trust me, I still feel anxiety at times. It's just not as prevalent or as like it doesn't take over my life as much as it did then. And, you know, for you, if you're experiencing dating anxiety, it's just really crucial to understand it because it allows you to recognize and manage those emotional responses. It allows you to have the more healthy relationships and it allows you to kind of break free from those uh, self-sabotaging behaviors that quite often come out when you're anxious. Because if you're anxious and you're overthinking about everything, you want to get, you want to have things happen, right? You want action to happen. So sometimes you will push someone away so that you don't get hurt because then you're in control of it. And so if you can understand this anxiety and how to work with it and understand the anxious attachment style, if that's something you're going through, and it doesn't mean that because you're anxious, you've got an anxious attachment style either. So they're not, they don't have to exist together. But if you do have two, right, then it can be like really it it can expand it can be really overwhelming so you know i am very aware that this having anxiety can be exhausting and particularly for the person that is experiencing the anxiety it can be really tiring being in your head a lot and it takes over it takes over your body you know i had a client that i was talking about this with yesterday who Said she's been experiencing anxiety with someone and, you know, she said it felt like it wasn't in her, she wasn't in her body. And I really resonated with that because it just feels like you're, like you're not grounded. And that's why so many of the techniques we talk about with how to get through anxiety is to ground yourself because you're really like floating and you're not present in your body. You, it's really a really surreal experience so if you haven't experienced it it might be really hard to understand when someone else talks about experiencing anxiety but the whole point of today is that i want to talk about some some strategies so that you can find some relief in the anxiety so that it doesn't have to encompass your whole life and all of your thoughts you know if you're not sure if you're experiencing anxiety in relationships it can present as like you needing that reassurance from your partner, that constant validation, reassurance. Do they love you? Are they there for you? Where are they going? Are they going to be okay? And it's, you know, it can be linked to you affirming your worth in the relationship. There can be like a fear of abandonment, so like being highly sensitive to those signs of rejection or abandonment, and you might become like upset or Concerned when your partner's not immediately available or responsive. And that's when you can get in your head and create this story or this narrative around what's happening that isn't true or isn't necessarily true, but you can, it's very easy to get to create a narrative around it. It can present as like clinginess. So you might be like overly dependent on your partner, seeking that constant physical or emotional closeness to alleviate that anxiety. Again, that over-analyzing, so like just really that same thing, like creating that story, reading too much into minor details, which can lead into misunderstandings and unnecessary conflicts. You know, it also might look that you might rush from one relationship to another because the gap in between is too difficult. It's too hard to be in the anxiety of not having someone there and being with someone might alleviate that fear of being alone. It might look like that you're jumping from one relationship to another. And you just might have difficulty trusting your partner, you know, when there's no evidence necessarily that anything is happening against, like you have no proof of that but it doesn't mean that your mind won't give you some sort of magical proof that you can rely on. It doesn't mean that it's true, but your mind is incredible at either sabotaging you or helping you. So you just got to learn how you can use it in the right way. And I do want you to know that although there is a lot of research on attachment styles and it coming from past experiences It doesn't mean that you can't move to being more securely attached or even learning how to cope with being anxiously attached or having anxiety. That's not necessarily like the worst thing in the world. Sometimes anxiety can be a real superpower, but it's just being aware of like, how do I use this to my ability? How do I use this to to help me as opposed to hinder me? So let's just take like a step back, I suppose, and look at attachment styles as a whole because i think it's important to understand the four attachment styles so that you can understand that well first of all that you don't necessarily always just fall into one you know like like everything there's like a continuum of where you might be on there like you could be like maybe more dominantly anxiously attached, but, you know, some tendencies are securely attached. So you might be moving to more securely attached and still have some anxiety pop up now and then in in new relationships. So, you know, attachment styles refer to the way individuals form those emotional bonds and attachment to others. And in particular close relationships, like romantic relationships, early caregiver relationships, and the attachment styles, there's four main types. So they're securely attached and it really is what it says. So you feel secure in your relationship. You feel comfortable with a level of intimacy and independence. So you're okay with them having their own life and you're okay with you having your own life and you're also okay being close to them and you're able to trust others. You're able to express your needs without the fear that they're going to leave you or that what are they going to think? And so it just is, it's secure. It feels solid. Then there's a void and attachment. And that might look like that you avoid conflict, you avoid emotional vulnerability, avoid intimacy. In conflict, this kind of looks like the person who, like, I need space, I can't handle it right now, I need to get out. And it might, you might struggle with that vulnerability in a relationship or having intimacy in a relationship. And sometimes it can appear like you're really emotionally distant. And then there's anxious avoidant or sometimes called disorganized attachment. This is a really small um, percentage of the population. So I know a lot of people say, well, this is me. (laughs) It's what I often have people say to me, but I just want to say, this is a really small percentage of the population. So it might not be you. And this is kind of like that push pull. And it's like, you really have this desire for this closeness and, and intimacy, but you also, it's attached with this fear of getting hurt. And so you might go between like, I need connection and I need to push you away. Like come closer, go away, come closer, go away, that kind of thing. And that is often in relation to traumatic stuff happening in childhood. So That's why it's not a huge percentage of the population. But it does exist. It's not that it doesn't exist. And then, you know, finally, let's end on anxious attachment because that's what we're going to talk about mainly, and that is that you seek that high level of closeness and reassurance in relationship, but you might doubt your self-worth and you worry about rejection. You're worried about someone pushing you away and that you are not being good enough. And, you know, you might doubt your self-worth around that and worry that, you know, that you have to settle for less than what you're worth. So that's why last week we spoke about rejection and have been speaking consistently about self-worth because it's so key to everything, right? If you can work on your self-worth and who you are and becoming more solid as a human being and knowing what you deserve and what you're worth, then you can seek relationships that, you're not concerned about them loving you because you've got that worth internally. That's a whole whole other episode that we'll get into another day. But, you know, today let's talk about the anxious attachment and anxiety and dating and anxiety. So what I will say is that attachment styles are formed primarily during early childhood and they're influenced generally by the relationship between the child and the primary caregiver and you if you're a parent listening to this you only need one primary caregiver to provide those Interactions to be in, to be able to give the child a secure attachment. So you don't need both parents to be there. And also there's been so much research that's come out since the initial research to say that this is malleable. Like it changes. You can, your brain adapts and change, which means it can go from being securely attached to being anxiously attached. If you have a relationship that leans that way or the other way or any of the ways, like it can move. I don't want you to feel like because you're experiencing dating anxiety, that this is how it's going to be forever. That is not the case. Even if you're able to get into a relationship with someone securely attached, you will find that that anxiety there will not scare them away and they'll be able to reassure you enough to kind of bring you up to a level of having a secure attachment. So let's talk about like how to manage this, the strategies to manage this, how to improve like your attachment, how to improve the anxiety and improve relationships. You know, this, when we work on this, this helps you with your communication. It helps you with your connection. It helps you with your intimacy. It helps every area of your relationship if you're able to work on this anxiety. So like everything, you can probably guess what I'm going to say first, but the first part is self-awareness. So just like, Going back to what I said around the attachment styles and saying, like, do I fit there? Does it sound like I have been like that in my past relationships? Am I currently dating someone where I need this constant reassurance? Like, am I experiencing anxiety? And just be really honest with yourself about it because there's no point saying, nah, I'm fine. That's not what I'm experiencing. I'm, you know, securely attached if you're not, right? It's not like the gold standard to be securely attached. I just want you to understand. What you're experiencing so that you can deal with it head on. And the best way to do that is self awareness. So again, Going back to the past relationships, having a look at them, seeing if that's something that kind of came out of them. Like if you've got good relationships with ex-partners, chat to them about that. Chat to your friends. Like, did it seem like I was exhibiting anxiety around that? They'll know because you probably would have gone to them with like, like, tell me if this is like, am I going crazy? Am I jumping to conclusions? Or am I like, is this real? You know? Then it's important to practice something that is going to ground you. So anxiety is all about that like future projection, like what is going to go wrong in the future and it's not present. So the more that you can be present and in the moment, you can kind of remove yourself from viewing, from being in it and view it. I don't know if that makes a lot of sense, but I, the ideal, ideal, yeah, the ideal is that I want you to like, instead of being in the moment, to step back and be able to view the moment so that you can see the anxiety happening and not be the anxiety. And one way to do that is to like practice mindfulness. Like there's many techniques out there, like there's breathing techniques that you can do. There is mindfulness techniques. Like there's one called, I don't know officially what it's called, but I call it five, four, three, two, one. And that's about like your five senses and finding stuff around you, like stuff that you can see, stuff that you can hear, stuff that you can taste, stuff that you can touch, stuff that you can feel, smell. Like I think I've duplicated one, but that's, it's five senses. If you Google five senses activity, you'll see that. And that's about just staying present in the moment. Because you can't think about anything else when you're doing that. And then it's about setting clear boundaries. And we've spoken about this in the past, but you know, it's your need to balance your closeness with your partner and your own autonomy of being an individual and communicate with your partner what it is that you need and if you are you know if you have anxiety just be honest with your partner about that and the people that you're dating because if they're scared away with that they're not the right person because chances are and this is a massive assumption so it might not be true but chances are that they're avoidantly attached and so they're not going to be able to meet your emotional needs And that's not going to be a good combination. And I know I said that's the relationship that I came from, but that took a lot of work. So if you know that initially, that's not something I'd be entering into initially. Uh, I would be finding someone who can understand the anxiety and support you with the anxiety and provide you the reassurance or the, the calmness that you need to be able to get through it. Whilst you also work on what's happening for you. So I don't want you to put everything on your partner or the dating, like you don't need to put them owning of or, or supporting you completely with what's happening. You need to own that too, but it's important for like, a, I suppose a combination of those things, because again, we heal in relation with others, right? It's not, this isn't work that you do alone. You know, self-care is really important in this because I need you to be able to look after your own well being because anxiety can be exhausting and it can take over a lot of you and your life. And it can like almost infiltrate different areas of your life. Like it could infiltrate your work and doing your work well. You know, when you're feeling anxious, it's hard to eat, it's hard to sleep, it's hard to think, it's hard to do anything. So, you know, look after yourself in that and if it's something that you can't manage alone, like I say, nearly every episode, get some help from a professional, like go see a therapist, go see a coach, like reach out to someone that can help give you, walk you through exercises that can support you with the anxiety. Cause that's really important to know what to do in the moment. And it, Finally, I think like a huge thing of like being able to manage anxiety is to be able to get comfortable with uncertainty because anxiety is almost like, I use this with a client once and I, I like it. I don't know if it's a good analogy, but you know when you get bitten by a mosquito and you like have this need that you want to scratch it, right? But if you scratch it too much, it's going to bleed. You have to be comfortable with the itchiness on you and it doesn't feel good. It feels yucky and you want to scratch it because scratching it makes it feel better, but the scratching doesn't help. So if you can sit in the uncomfortableness That will support the anxiety because it's when you need to do something to kind of fix the anxiety or that's when you're going to be doing the messaging like, are you okay? Or like, I haven't heard from you. Or, you know, that's when you're going to need the reassurance, which is the uncomfortable. It's the same uncomfortable feeling. So the more that you can get comfortable with the uncomfortable and embrace uncertainty and know that that is a normal part of relationships. That will be a real like opportunity for growth and an opportunity towards being okay with the anxiety. So this was a really big episode. And, you know, if this is the first time you're hearing these concepts or it's the first time that they're sinking in and you want some support with them, you know, reach out to friends, reach out to me. Or I encourage you to join my Facebook community, The Dating Circle, because there's a whole group of women in there that are also experiencing the same stuff and can support you with it. And you can come in there instead of reaching out to your new partner. You can come in there and go like, I haven't heard from him in 24 hours and I don't know what to do. And then we can, you know, rally around you and support you. So... I want to make it really, really clear that having a particular attachment style or experiencing anxiety does not define you. It is part of who you are. It is not all of who you are. And once you learn strategies of how to support the anxiety, it won't be in your way as much. So it's there's nothing wrong with you. You are perfect just as you are. And this is just a tiny, tiny part of you. Although I get that sometimes it may feel like it's a big part of you but it's just a tiny part of you next week we're going to be talking about dating burnout and in particular online dating burnout and again just a topic that I hear over and over again with women so tune in for that and I'll see you then thank you so much for listening to the show if you got value from this please don't hesitate to share with a friend so they can get value from this too And don't forget to hit follow so you don't miss an episode. It's also how I keep this podcast alive.